Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. Welcome along to the latest episode of the Keen Odyssey 2. We're looking back at Roy's first autobiography, quite simply called Keen. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. What do you want to call it, first of all? <laughs> Roy Keen. Call it Roy Keen's book. <laughs> well, they were thinking maybe something a bit shorter. Dramatic. All right, then, Roy Keen. <laughs> Shorter still, Keen. How about Keno? No, fuck off. Keen, that'll do it. <laughs> Keen, what more do they want from me? It works what, on what two levels, Dunphy. It works on two levels. It's called, <laughs> it's my name, but it's also what I am. I'm really keen about life and keen to I'm tell you I'm keen about story. playing football. I'm keen to tell you my opinions on other footballers. And <laughs> I'm keen to get a lot off my chest, Dunphy, particularly about tickets. Uh, it's been a. In fact, that's another. To tell them there's two choices for the name of this book. They can call it either Keen or Tickets. <laughs> the ticket. Because I tell you, Dunphy, most of this book's going to be about tickets, how to get tickets, how to sort them, <laughs> the, the shite that people give you over tickets. My battles with Mister Ticket. Say that. See what the publisher think about calling it Tickets. No, I think we'll just stick with Keen. I for don't now. think I'll have that conversation with the publisher, Roy. I, I, I think I can already imagine how that will go. I don't want to bother with them with that. Trust me, I, I've worked in books for a long time now. Ah, whatever you say. Keen it is, then. We <laughs> um, we pick it up just after Eric Cantona had uh, done the Kung Fu kick on Matthew Simmons. Yeah. Without studs, apparently. There's been a bit of dissent about this on, on the social media. Some people are saying that he was wearing moldies which is why the, the assault wouldn't have been quite as bad. But I think the, the fucking difference between going in with studs and going in with moldies is pretty negligible, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, studs can be metal, can't they? Studs are metal, did whereas moldies... metal studs, or was that just my school in 1983? Mm, I think you're thinking of the film Rollerball. Oh, fuck, yeah. That was that was a bit like my school in 1983. Yeah. During, um, during the miners' strike of 84... Um, All of the miners, while they were striking... Formed rollerball teams instead. Something past like that. The time of day. Because mm. I, I grew up in a pit village, and um, mm. the the local pit was like a two minute walk away from our school. So there was a picket line regularly, and then yeah. one day some of the bigger boys decided they were going to go on strike and have a picket line as well. And that was <laughs> at the school gates, and they started throwing fucking bits of rocks and bricks at the teachers' cars, and the police had to come and break it up. And we got in the Daily Mirror, so that was quite nice. Oh, that's great. Yeah. To have a riot in your school reported in the national press is a huge achievement. Yeah, I thought so. It's one of the few things mm. I remember positively about the school experience. But yeah, that was good. Um, 
I wasn't involved because I was just a little soft shite. I just watched from from afar and didn't get involved. But, uh, best best way you can spend your school days. You don't want to go to a soft school. You want to go to a school that's got rough characters, but that you're not fully engaged with. Yeah. <laughs> because then you still get to stand on the sidelines and watch bad yeah. things happening yeah. as a spectator sport. So it's still fun, but you don't have any personal risk. Yeah, use it as a kind of a life lesson for for yeah. later on. It's better than going to some kind of fucking Frank Lampard school where uh, everyone's fucking... <laughs> Green card! Green card! <laughs> yeah. We shan't be striking. My father says that the miners are all work shy and they should just get back to work. And as a matter of fact, though, as a matter of fact, the coal industry is costing us more money than it's making us. Mrs. Thatcher is just making the tough decisions the country needs. We'll enter into some negotiations, but we won't promise that the strike will come to an end. We will not give in to the miners' demands at this school. <laughs> Well, if they didn't want the policemen to hit them with sticks, perhaps they shouldn't have caused all the trouble in the first place. <laughs> Those ghastly miners. I don't see... My father is a coach at West Ham United. Why couldn't they get a job like that? <laughs> if they need work so badly, I'm sure there's plenty of jobs out there. It's, it's not as if West Ham's the only football club. There's 92 football clubs. Surely that's enough <laughs> for them to go around with coaching jobs. <laughs> Why don't they just do that? Then they wouldn't have to go down those ghastly mines all day with their blasted canaries in a cage. I think they only like it because they get to be in a brass band and do choirs and things like that afterwards. You could do that at our school. <laughs> I don't know why they don't come and live down here. They can send their children to our school. It's very nice. <laughs> so, Frank yeah. Lampard on the miners' strike. Yeah. Has Lampard done a book? Has he done an uh, No, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Apparently, he writes children's books, doesn't oh, he? Oh, he does, yeah. I've I read some of them with fucking kid. barrel of laughs. Yeah, we've read some of them a few years ago. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, Johnny and the Laminator. Yeah. Magic, be... Johnny's Magic Laminator. It is. It's about a magic football that takes... I've forgotten the name of the kid now. I think the kid's called Frank in it as well. Fucking Frank's magic Fantastic football. football or something like that. Francis was asleep in bed It was like any ordinary night He'd done his homework Put his pyjamas on Cleaned his teeth for 18 minutes precisely Read four chapters of the Bible And was sound asleep by 8.30pm He was 15 years old At 11.15pm his butler woke him up Something had happened At 11.15 he thought it was his butler He heard a voice Wake up you soft little cunt What on earth's that? He opened his eyes and his favourite football, which he polished every night before bed to get the horrible mud off it, was was talking to him in a gruff, cockney voice, using all sorts of rude words. You fucking pathetic little shitbag. Who do you fucking think you are? I felt afraid, but also slightly excited. What was happening? Why are you talking to me, magic football? Because you need fucking learning, don't you, boy? Put your fucking boots <laughs> on, you about cunt. <laughs> don't make me get Lord Sebastian out. Lord Sebastian, Lord Sebastian, the football. That fucking Nancy Emster can't help you now, Frank. <laughs> you punts. We're going on an adventure. Get in the fucking car. <laughs> Put your fucking slippers on. <laughs> Very well. I'll come if you promise to stop using such horrible language. I'll fucking I'll say what I fucking want. want. Do you want a cigarette? <laughs> no, I certainly don't. You better fucking smoke it or I'll catch you. 
very well. (laughs) (laughs) Then we got in his van and drove through the dark night. Don't ask me how a footballer can drive a van, but he could. We drove to the docks. He said said he'd been expecting a consignment coming in. I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) He made me have something called fanny powder. Although in my school they call it vaginal dust. (laughs) (laughs) The headmaster says we're not to have it. Uh, He made me consume gallons of the stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Frankie boy. You get that down ya. It'll do you the world of fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes back to funny powder. So we've had... An enchanted football there. It's driven Frank to the docks in a van for some... And uh, force-fed him panty powder. (laughs) Every time. Um, Where were we? (laughs) An enchanted football. (laughs) Fucking hell, that is actually an awesome idea for a book. Yeah. In Frank Lampard's book, is there really a magic football? Yeah, I think so. Oh, he's fucking beating me to it. Typical. Nah, we'll, we'll just twist it again a bit. It'll be all right. We'll come up with something. We'll put it on the list of things we're never going to do. Yeah. Um, The Cantona thing. Yeah, Cantona was banned, obviously, for nine months, whatever it was, by the FA. Uh, United had already banned him for the uh, the rest of that season. Um, And it was Crystal Palace in the FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park. And Roy played centre-half alongside Gary Pallister because Steve Bruce was oh. injured. So I don't think United had all that much strength in depth back then because it was like, Bruce is out, who plays centre-off? Fucking Roy can do it. Well, so Roy did. could do it, couldn't he? I remember Yeah, I remember he used to play there, and when he did, he was always really good at it. That was it. And there was talk about him dropping back there as well as he got older. The, the people, was, people used to say, you know, he's yeah. a natural centre-off and he'll do that. As he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't tall, was he? He wasn't particularly no. tall. He wasn't short, but he wasn't the height of a centre-half. But it didn't really matter. Because if the ball was said. in the... If the ball was to be the one, and you were even if you had a good three four inches, I'm probably like three four inches taller than Roy Keane. But if there was a ball there to be one, and it was in the air, to be honest, if I saw Roy Keane coming up, I probably just wouldn't challenge for it. Yeah. So the um, height and most players would feel the same way. So the height difference wouldn't have really been an issue for him because you think he'll take my fucking head off with his elbow, the mad bastard. I've just uh, googled his height. But it's come up in mm. metres, and I haven't got a fucking clue what that means. Uh, 1.78 metres. Uh, ooh, yeah, five, five, foot eight, five foot eight and a half. Five foot eight and a half. That's not much, is it? Yeah, so I'm considerably taller than him. But I would not take him on in an aerial battle, no. Uh, he's about an inch and a half taller than me. I would also not take on Roy Keane in I'll any kind like, of battle. After you, mate. Go on, yeah. go for your life. Whatever you want, anything. Anything you like. Get out of my fucking way! Make you a cup of tea if you want. Yeah. He says, um, I played alongside Gary Pallister. Gary dealt with the aerial bombs. I picked up the runners and the bits and pieces. Pally bits is amazing. Pieces. A terrific pro. He looks knackered in the warm-up. You think yeah. he'll never last 90 minutes. <laughs> He's always there at the end. Fucking yeah. <coughs> oh, Roy. Famously got... out of shape footballer, we've wasn't got... he, Gary Pallister? Roy, we've got a tough one here today. My fucking angina's playing up something fucking chronic. <laughs> Have we got Norwich? Fuck me. I ain't got no chance in this one. Roy, I'll just jump up and down and win some headers if I can. You do all the running around. Fuck it. Have you seen me in Ailer anywhere, Roy? Fucking hell. For fuck's sake, Pally. 
Yeah, look at the state of you. Why don't you stay back for extra training like me and doing all the running up and down? <laughs> oh, not for me, mate. Big Pally's from Middlesbrough, isn't he? He is. He is, yeah. yeah. He's got the look of a... What do you call them again from Middlesbrough? Smoggy. He's got the look of a smoggy about him. You think that? You think that certain people look like the city that they're from? He looks like a yeah. Middlesbrough kind of fella. He does, yeah. Yeah. I suppose... I've never yeah. seen him... Well, Middlesbrough's the windiest place you can go to, isn't it? It's fucking it? always... It's always... I don't know if you've been there much, but if you're up in Middlesbrough, it's just fucking freezing and blowing a big gale the whole time. And he looks like he spent a lot of the time in in a lot of wind. I tr- I tr- he's weather-beaten. Yeah, I he's weather-beaten. I try not to go there too much because it's like... As I grew up there, there was always chemical works and you try and avoid that kind of shit if you can. Yeah. Dr- drive through, keep, keep the windows up. Yeah. Um, He's talking about football and he says, uh, every game you make scores decisions, the mental side of the game, the really difficult hidden part of football, the mm. easy person to fool, yourself. <laughs> Ooh, deep. Fool yourself too often and you'll be out of Old Trafford. I can see it in others, little things in every game, a cop out here, a cop out there. I can oh. feel it in myself, that urge to stay in the comfort zone, especially yeah. dangerous for a United player, where there's always the probability that someone else will do the business for you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I know what he means. I mean, that's there's in life it can be like that. Do you yeah. take, do you go that extra mile? Do you take that extra risk? Do you put yourself in a situation where you could easily get embarrassed or make a fuck up? Or is it say, or or do you play it safety first? It's Everyone, you know what? It's exactly the same in the podcasting game as is in football. It is. It, that, it that's is. The, the temptation to cop out. Before we recorded this one, I said to you, "Do you want to record Friday's episode now on Monday afternoon and just knock mm. it out on Friday morning because you're going away for a few days?" Mm. And you said, "No, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it on Friday. We're going to do it as a reaction to the Champions League fixtures of this week." Yeah. And you were right. You were acting like Gary Pallister might act, mate. Yeah, or Lee Sharp, more like. Oh, yeah. Cop Lee out Sharp. left, right and centre. Come on, let's just get it out of the way now. No, And get because, down the disco later on. Yeah, I, I fucking tell you that the Champions League games are coming. They're bound to be really good. And our listeners, the cunters, tune in to us yeah. for one thing and one thing only, and that is insightful analysis of European yeah. top flight European football matches and I'd said to and, you and we would be letting them down it would be remiss of us to overlook that it's easy to forget with all this talk of fanny powder and the rest of it yeah right but really the core audience want our renowned insight to European football they do I mean I'd said to you you know we can we can fucking wing it we can do Friday's episode now do some predictions and then read out some emails about fucking foreskins or something and you said no yeah. No. No, no. And you were right. No. And you, you also said, you said, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just make up what the European scores were. We'll guess them. Because we're and so then good we'll at just predicting. Like, yeah. Yeah, we'll, ju- we'll just guess what's happened. And yeah. then we'll pretend that we watched them. And we'll pretend that it is Friday. And we'll just talk in vagaries about the matches. What we could have done, no. we, we could have recorded a different bit of podcast for each possible outcome. Scenario. And then I could have edited well, in. If you think of Whichever all the possible fitted. permutations, though, mate, we'd have had to have recorded, like, 20 fucking different things. Anyway, you know my family are away, and I've got lazing about to do, right? <laughs> this is a tiny window of opportunity for me to just fucking laze about in my house doing whatever the fuck I want. I might re-watch the Lightly Lads movie. I liked it so much, I might re-watch it again today. I'll go for it. Whatever. It's got the, the best bit in that 
not the best bit, but a, a notable bit is well. There's two really. Uh, I'm really good at spotting little cameo appearances. Right. Uh, I've spotted two in it. Is it your? A, is it your kind of hidden hidden talent? It's one, it's one of my hidden talents. All yeah. Right. Is that I will always spot someone who's playing a minor role in a film yeah. when, uh, and it's from before they were famous. Right. Yeah. So there's a bit in the film where. Um, they fucking Bob and Terry have driven away from the caravan site with Velma and Terry's Finnish girlfriend in in the caravan. It's a bit far-fetched because Thelma and the the other bird don't wake up because they just want to fuck off home because they're sick of their little weekend away. (laughs) And they drive home and the whole time they've driven away, they've been driving for like an hour and the girls are still asleep in the caravan that they're towing along behind them. And they pull up in a town outside the church just at some lights at which point Thelma and the other girl wake up and think they're still on the campsite and say let's go out to like I don't know go to the toilet or something they get out of the caravan they find themselves in the middle of a fucking town Bob and Terry just carry on driving and they're there just in their nighties right yeah. in slippers anyway in the middle of it there's some sort of church service that's just ended and the vicar's walked out with all of his fucking congregation and he sees Thelma and the Finnish girl in their um in their nighties and he does a sort of a vicar's face you know and a vicar's yeah. surprised Ooh. by something Ooh! right and then he comes over and offers some assistance well you'll never guess who the fucking vicar is it was it's it. fucking Ian McDimmerind, the fucking Emperor Palpatine out of Star Wars. No way. Yeah. Wow. Way. Fucking What's hell. amazing is he looks pretty middle-aged in it. Already. <laughs> and this is like 10 years before, well, it's about eight years before he turned up in Return of the Jedi and about yeah. 20 years before he reprised his role in all the prequels as a really scary baddie. Yeah. And he's playing this vicar. And he's in it quite a lot. And then there's another bit when they're in Terry's block of flats and there's a running joke where every time one of them tries to get in the lift in the block of flats, there's a girl who he knows, a young girl from the flats, who's getting off with her boyfriend inside the lift because that's where she goes (laughs) to avoid her dad finding out. The girl is fucking her out of um, Birds of a Feather, not Pauline Quirk, the other one, the blonde one. It's fucking Linda Robson, mate. Whoa. Fucking hell. And Linda Robson's doing a bit of a Geordie accent in it. But it's definitely her. I checked it out. <laughs> You've got time on your hands. Yeah. It's the Emperor. The Emperor and, Le- and Linda Robson are both in the Lighty Lads from movie. Birds with Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Have you got a Pauline Quirk Acting Academy near you? Because we've got one near yeah, us. Yeah, I do. And there's ads for there. it. There's loads of They advertise heavily. Yeah. That I want to get involved in their marketing activities. <clears throat> We could do a Delaney and Dawson podcast academy around the country where every Saturday morning these parents pay us a fiver and we take their kids for three hours. Well, we don't do it. Obviously, we franchise it out and some other cunts take them in and teach them how to do podcasts. I'll I'll treat it like the fucking Scoutmasters used to treat it when you went to Scouts or Cubs. You fucking parents drop the kids off and you're like, yeah, come on, come on in, kids, come on in, kids. And you look out the door, right? (laughs) See that the parents are fucked yeah. off to wherever yeah. the fuck they're going. And then you're like, right, go on, you lot all go out the fucking back and have a fight or a match or something. I'm I'm sitting here. And you pull out your copy of the Daily Mirror, light a fag, put your feet up. And if they make too much noise, you just go out and shout at them. And then we just collect all the money. You go, right, there's a fucking microphone. There's a fucking laptop. Everyone gather around in a circle and do a fucking podcast. Nothing longer than 40 minutes because it gets boring after that. Fucking go on, do it. I might listen to it if it's good enough. I'm not fucking joking, mate. We probably could do that. Yeah. I mean, Podcast camps. parents, especially if you go and do the, the rounds of the private schools. Oh, they'd be banging to that one. Oh, podcasting. Fucking... Yes, I've heard podcasting's big business these days. Yes, yeah, it's the future exactly. of the media. Oh, you really need to get into that. Yes, go along to their, to their, uh, their, their camps and learn how to do that. They look like quite... Um, distressed men on the merchandising and the literature but you know we'll give them a go apparently they're rather successful in their field although they do one of them looks you know weather beaten like Gary Pallister used to look like (laughs) 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 but I'm sure it will be fine the parents (laughs) just want to fucking get the kids off their hands for a few hours don't they do whatever the fuck it is they do go to a fancy restaurant or do cocaine or something fucking sit around watching the likely lads yeah exactly Right, we'll do that then. We'll franchise it out. If you're interested in becoming a franchisee of our podcast camps, get in touch yeah. and uh, we'll fucking... Do you know any gullible you. private school operatives, headmasters, parents, anything like that, put a word in for yeah. us and we'll we'll turn up and any, do the anyone business. Anyone you think's susceptible to being um, manipulated and, let's be honest, fleeced by us. Uh, yeah, by all means, do it. I got my uh, mate, um, I think I've brought her up before. She's the one. She she formerly a f- girlfriend of one of my best mates, and she's an old mate of mine. And she's the one who used to always cause trouble outside clubs and stuff. Like you know, start on the bouncers yeah, and then try yeah, to make her, before, yeah. her boyfriend get into a fight. It's a nightmare. But she became a teacher at a <laughs> really po- at a really posh school. She was she was a teacher in state school. And she used to be all political about it. Like, you know, you've got to support the state system. And then she suddenly, like, sold out and got a really well-paid job out of the blue at the, a really posh school that's really near my house. And um, I didn't say anything about it. You know, whatever. We've all got to make a living, haven't you? But then she um, asked me to come and give a talk. Obviously, I I resent all the kids that go to this posh school, right? Yeah. And I bunch of fucking wankers. There's loads of traffic up the road because they all get driven every day. They all get driven. <laughs> and many of them in black cabs, right? Fucking and hell, it really? Fucking, 
Yeah, seriously. And it wow. snakes out the gates of this school and down the road. So it causes a big travel, uh, a big um, big traffic jam every morning. So really annoying. Anyway, she asked me, she said, listen, I'm teaching media or something. And she said, will you come and talk about the magazine industry and how to be a journalist, blah, 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 blah. And I went, yeah, fine, because she's a mate. And um, to be honest, I was interested in seeing inside the school. Yeah. Because I've walked past it a million times and it fucking looks nice. You wanted to see how the Lampards lived. There's two private schools near me. <clears throat> One is very old-fashioned looking and a bit, you know, I mean, it's big and probably nicer than the schools that we went to. But, yeah, it's a bit old-fashioned. But this one that she invited me to, that she taught at, looks fucking nice. It looks like a nice country club. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I thought, yeah, I'll go and have a look at that. Anyway, I turned up fucked. It was a Friday and it was still in the bad old days and I'd been out for lunch with some of the lads I was working with and suffice to say, I had got fucked up in all manner of different ways. <laughs> not all of them not all of them legal, right? <laughs> full and house, was I, it? <laughs> yeah, it was a full house. And I was up in Camden, I had to get back to fucking where I live and I've stumbled into the school. And I could see them like, who's this cunt? But I said, I'm, I'm, I'm actually here. I am, I've been invited. I'm an important speaker. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my well, god! It's the Crown Prince of Britpop. What does he I, want with us? <laughs> then I went into the fucking, I went into the box and continued to be illegal. But in my mind. <laughs> I thought I was being a fucking right maverick. Yeah. Like, this is how stupid it becomes when you like indulging in too much. This that is sort like of when thing. the Beatles went to Buckingham Palace and smoked it a was spliff his... in the bogs. That's what I, that was the fucking dialogue going on in my head. <laughs> this is why it's so fucking stupid. Because in my head, I'm not thinking this is a bit depressing. I'm thinking, rock and roll, up yours, private education. It's Look at me. 64 all over again. Yeah, I, I went to a normal school and that you're fucking inviting me to talk to your fucking kids and tell them how to make a success of themselves. Like me, getting off my face in the toilet. <laughs> anyway, I gave the most incomprehensible, rambling fucking explanation of how to write a magazine feature. <laughs> it was madness. I stood at this fucking whiteboard with a, felt, with a marker pen and drew like it was... <laughs> Like a complicated fucking scientific equation in which I was literally explaining how to write a thousand words in a fucking magazine. It was disastrous, mate. I'm glad those days are behind me. <laughs> and have uh, any of those children that were there that day come back to you sort of in little life and gone, thanks, you, that, you inspired me that day. I'm now successful media. There was a class type. of about 12 of them and I remember them just fucking gawping at me. Like, r rightly thinking, who the fuck is this sad fucking lunatic rambling on like a maniac, fucking outlining, going off on all sorts of tangents, telling them about business ideas I'd had, inventions I wanted to create. <laughs> nonsense. Complete nonsense. The long list of things you'll never do. Yeah. Oh, well. Let's get back to this, this keen thing. Mm. Um, Eric Cantona again comes up uh, that season where Cantona did his, his kung fu kick and um, United didn't win the league it was that season when Blackburn won it yeah Blackburn won it on that final day Blackburn lost 2-1 at Liverpool but then United West Ham held United to a draw were you there that day? I was there 
Very memorable. Lou did, you, did, you have a good had laugh? did you have a good laugh at United's expense? We loved the it. There were, we loved it. There was a period where West Ham made a habit of doing things like that. We'd done it to them a few years before when Leeds had won the league and we were I think we were already relegated and I was at that game as well and we beat we somehow beat United 1-0 even yeah. though we'd already been relegated and it was sort of really annoying but we we kind of reveled in being party poopers and we did it again and I remember it being a party atmosphere I don't know why really at the time I remember absolutely loving it like it felt that we had almost won something but for some reason as well there was a lot of disdain I think it was because of the Paul Ince thing yeah there was a there was a lot now there's not a huge amount of animosity between West Ham and and Manchester United I don't think but back then I think it was still the Paul Ince thing that fucking Judas right he'd gone up there (laughs) up north fucking Manchester (laughs) right and so we were fucking livid about that and that's what made it so I think that's what made us so excited about stopping United win the league. Because <laughs> a few years ago, the last day of the season was it was the, when um, Manchester City won the league with that goal by Aguero. Oh yeah! In the last minute, and United obviously were, were top of the team. Would have won if Aguero hadn't scored that goal. And United won one 0 at Sunderland that day, and their mm. match finished before the City game had finished. So everyone was standing around waiting to see if they would. They thought they would. They won the league. Champion was yeah. on ice and all that kind of thing. And then the result came through from City that Aguero had scored, City had won the league, United had had it taken away from them. So a lot of the Sunderland fans did the Poznan, which was the Manchester City thing where they all stood fucking yeah. their backs to the fans Turned and jumping back. up and down. Yeah. So we yeah. all did that. We thought that was quite funny. And there's still yeah. to this day Manchester United fans on social media who fucking despise Sunderland and our <laughs> fans. We get tweets from them saying, you, you're, fucking, you're in League One because you fucking poznan us <laughs> seven years ago or whatever. They still fucking get the fucking idiots. What do they expect you to do? Say hard lines and pat them on the fucking yeah. back. Go around and shake their hands and go, I oh, never Is mind. Is that what they do? Maybe you win the league next season. Unlucky. Yeah. Fuck off. Oh, what a shame. That must be so frustrating. Yeah. Don't they understand what football's about? Exactly. It must be terrible that you haven't won your 17th league title here today. Never mind. There's always next season. Meanwhile, we've finished fucking 16th again. And it's as high as we'll finish for a decade. That's a Lampard move. Isn't it? Them complaining about that is a pure Lampard move. It's like, listen, you're a football fan. Being a football fan is 90% about having the piss out of other football fans. That's what it's about. That's the game we're engaged in. If you don't want to play, fuck off and support cricket instead. Exactly. But this is football and it's all all a fucking laugh. It's all tongue-in-cheek and we're all ripping the shit out of each other the whole time. Fucking grow up. The man... Sir, FIFA, sir, get, get we, FIFA on the line. We just watched. The, we just, we just lost the league, and the, and they have the temerity to turn their backs and laugh. Don't you think that's a bit mean spirit? It's not very British, is it? They're doing a dance, they're jumping up and down, laughing in our faces because we haven't won the league championship here today. When we thought we had, it's very, very, very unfair. We won't stop, stop it. it. Stop it right now, or you'll be thrown out of the league. <laughs> I'll see to it. I'll, I'll have my father have you thrown out of the league. He knows people, you know. We've come all this way to your town and we've paid good money for transport and entrance into the ground. We've even taken part in some of your refreshments and activities and things. And now, after after you've given us your hospitality, now you've turned around and just laughed at us in our faces. How are we supposed to go back to the train station and the car parks with our heads held high? <laughs> you know we're already upset. 
That's why I'm blinking so much. I'm not me? crying, you know. <laughs> I'm just cross, that's all. <laughs> We've come a long way. We've come from the south of England for this. Very, very unkind. Flip it, stop it right now. If you can't be polite at football, then where can you be? It's just not good enough. <laughs> Fucking hell. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it still goes on to this day. It still mm. goes on. Every time we lose something big or get relegated, uh, certain it's, United it, fans it, come out of the woodwork. It's really babyish. I remember Steve Bruce held that against West Ham for years. Like he was managing one of the numerous fucking teams he's managed, and they beat us. And he was like, "Yeah, it always feels sweet beating West Ham after the way after the way they behaved back in nineteen ninety five. You mean you. behaved? You fucking baby." It yeah. was a football match between two teams in the top flight. You turned up. We fucking stopped you from winning. What the fuck did you... And then all our fans celebrated. You fucking baby, Steve Bruce. That's yeah. fucking football. Don't hold it against us. You could have fucking won, but you didn't. Yeah. It ties in with my theory that the, the clubs that are kind of the big six and their supporters are all in a cult-like situation and they don't realise it. And they think mm. that they've got a sense of entitlement that everything should go their way. Well, it yeah. fucking doesn't work like that. It kind of does work like that because they do generally get their own way. But, you know, yeah. when it doesn't, fucking suck it up, lads. Yeah, exactly. So. It's just the fucking way it goes. Like my mum always says, if you won every week, it'd get boring. Yeah, exactly. It's part of the ebb and flow of life. It is. So that was the end of that season. And, uh, yeah, United missed out on the title at Upton Park on the final day. And they then... Uh, lost 1-0 against Everton in the cup final. <laughs> Tough shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll draw a line under it. There's more about Cantona in the next episode because there's an underlying resentment towards Cantona which keeps coming up in the next chapter from Roy. Really? Yeah. And I think it all, comes, it all harks back to the, uh, the Kung Fu kick and the missing out. Really? On, on, yeah, I think so. It comes back to the missing out on those two trophies. But, um, I think it's because of Cantona let him down by yeah, getting suspended. Uh, yeah, exactly. Back yeah. in now, this is great. Yeah. Has Cantona done it? Well, one day we've got to do a Cantona deep dive, haven't we? I don't know. There's Too that much. book he did. There's a book of drawings that he did, wasn't there? Yeah, we'll do a deep dive into that ago. then. That'll take 10 minutes because it was a bit thin. But uh, yeah, when we, next time, it's uh, Roy versus Eric. Mind games. Something to look forward to. All right, then. Thanks for listening. Ta-da. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.